this week, I, I'm not preaching this weekend, but I'm having somebody preach who I know really, really well. And in fact, I've known him all of his life. And if you don't know where I'm going with this, this is my, my son, Sean, who is, many of you guys know this already, but he's the youth director here at our church, has been doing an amazing job uh, with the teenagers, does a lot of uh, stuff with them, obviously, God's moving in, in things there. Um, but but I, I'm also just, um, you know, as a parent, it's fun to watch your kids grow up and to uh, grow into the things of God, loves Jesus, great husband, father, a lot of things that I'm proud of him for. But uh, I, you know, last night as I sat in the service, I was just, it's an interesting thing when you're getting spiritually fed by one of your kids. <laughs> and and uh, that was a pretty, pretty awesome moment. And so uh, I want to be like him when I grow up. And so would you give him a big hand as he comes, Sean, a big hand as he preaches today. All right. We'll talk about this in a minute, but good morning, Journey Church. I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love this church. This church is amazing. We had, who was at the picnic last week? And wasn't that awesome? Let's give a round of applause to all the volunteers that were part of that. And all the baptisms that's happened. It was such an amazing time just to be together as the family of God, as the local church. Um, yeah, so like you were saying, I'm Sean. I'm the youth director uh, here at church, and um, it has been such an amazing honor and privilege for uh, to be able to lead these this next generation, these next teenagers, the the students coming up. And so, I just want to just thank you for giving us that privilege to be able to do that, to be able to steward what God's doing in this generation. Um, something we say around here a lot is that, you know, this next generation, these teenagers, these students, they're not the next church. They're not the church of tomorrow. They're not waiting for someday to be the church, but they are the church today, right? They're the church today. They don't need to wait till they're married. They don't need to wait till they graduate college. They don't need to wait for any of those things to be the church now. Um, in fact, a lot of the people in the Bible, God called to them when they were teenagers or even younger than that. Like we know that Josiah, he became king when he was eight years old. That's crazy. If you like walk over to the kids' church over there and look at the eight-year-olds, that is just, that just blows my mind why God would do that. But his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, right? So um, it, it's just incredible. And it's just an amazing thing for uh, my wife and I and this team that we've got to lead this um, next generation. And we're just incredibly honored to be able to do that. But I believe I've got uh, a message today that God's been working on me um, throughout this entire year, um, and I believe it's a right now word for some of you guys here today, and this is something that has been kind of brewing on me for the past couple months, really just since summer camp, and um, when my dad asked me a month ago um, if I would like to speak this weekend, I knew immediately the message that God wanted me to speak, and like I said, I just want to be sensitive, I just want to challenge you to be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit might be teaching you through this, because this is something that God is still really working on me currently. That is something I'm still growing in, something I'm still stepping into. And so I believe it's, it's something here for uh, some of you guys here today. And so um, the title of my message tonight, or uh, this morning, sorry, I'm used to speaking on Wednesday nights. Uh, the title of my message this morning is uh, the third set, the third set. So if you're taking notes, you can write that at the top of your page. But before we get into it, I want to invite the Holy Spirit in. And so let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to speak, but I just want to make it just clear to all of us here that it, I want this to be your words. I want this to be your spirit, not my flesh, and to be your power, but not my own. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so I am a really big hobby guy. Are there any hobby people around here? You just, you love hobbies, you've got hobbies you like. Okay, so uh, for, you know, I'm a big hobby guy, and throughout most of my life, I've bounced around between lots of different hobbies, and it'll be like this thing when I'm this age, and then, you know, the next month it's something else, and uh, there's been a few reoccurring hobbies, but most of my life, um, I've, I've liked to bounce around between different hobbies, because I like to try new things, I like to do that, and every time I get into a hobby, I just, I love getting all of the accessories for it. I love getting all the stuff for it, all the, you know, the, the everything that just kind of surrounds the hobby. Uh, I recently got into 3D printing, which is like, you know, that, that's kind of a whole, that's a whole other world over there, but I've got all the accessories for it. I've got all the mods and it, it's just as much as I can. And one of my favorite phrases to see at, on a product or just something on a shelf at a store is, you know, blank hobby starter kit. You know, you've got like this thing, starter set. Like you've got everything you need to just start it in this one neat little package. And it is just, every time I see that, even if it's a hobby I'm not even really interested in, it's like, oh, like a crocheting starter set. Oh, I, I, that's everything I need to get started. It's just one stop. I can get that and I can start this brand new hobby. It's just, it's so exciting. And one of those things that I never thought I would be into, uh, and, that would, and that is weightlifting. And I just, I never thought I would be a weightlifting guy, but recently I've been really loving it. I've been really loving lifting weights. Um, I, I've got this uh, adjustable weight set. It's uh, not as nice as my dad's that he showed off a few weeks ago, but you know, I love it. It's, it's mine, my wife got it for me, so it's, it's cool. And um, I got these adjustable weights, and I've got these like gloves. I got this cool water bottle. Like I've got everything that like surrounds it. <laughs> Sometimes you just need a water bottle. I'll just tell you that. Like, it helps me a lot. But I've got, like, everything for it. And I was just so excited for it. And so I did some research. I created a workout plan. And I, you know, I did, I, I've got, you know, some of these. And, like, you know, these are kind of fun. You kind of just do this all day if you wanted to, right? Yeah. And then I've got, like, some of these. I hate these so much. Like, please, no. I'm, I'm, I'm already done right, doing this right now. And I've got a few other things that are in my set, and then I will do three sets of those, okay? And working out is kind of fun, like it's great, but at the same time, obviously, it's hard, right? It gets difficult. You get to a certain point where it starts to hurt, and even the pain of working out is hard. And I just wanna be just totally open and honest with you guys here, but most of my life, I've been avoiding pain and discomfort in some form or fashion. You know, when I, was, when I was a little kid, if something wasn't the most fun or enjoyable thing to do, I would just simply just not do it. I would just find something else to do. I would find the thing that is the most fun and enjoyable thing to do in that moment. You know, when I was an older kid, uh, it even got to the point where I would not get out of my comfort zone. I wouldn't step out of my box to meet new friends at school when I went to public school. And I was essentially avoiding potential friendships 
because I didn't want to get out of my comfort zone. I didn't want to, I was kind of avoiding that pain of discomfort. And when I was a teen, I wouldn't challenge myself. I wouldn't push myself all the time. And um, even at times, I let myself slide. And sometimes that was sliding into friendships that weren't good for me. And just, again, just to be totally honest with you guys, some other, uh, uh, and other times it was into a pornography addiction where I just I wouldn't push myself. I wouldn't let myself, you know, push through that until many years later. And even as a, as a young adult in recent years, I would allow myself to hit in certain areas a certain standard that was acceptable, that was just good enough so that I could maintain the maximum amount of comfort or entertainment as I could while still leading a decent life. And so for most of my life, I've been pain avoidant. I've been, discomfort, I've been avoiding discomfort. And of course, there's always exceptions to that rule. We hardly find anybody that's all the way on one side or the other. There's, there's some sort of balance. But the point is, that's been a common theme in my life. And so when you find yourself needing a change, in my life at least, God's usually the first one to point that out. And he does that through many different ways. Sometimes it's directly to you. Sometimes it's through a friend. It's through nudges here and there. And that's, throughout this year, that's something God's been pushing me in. And that's something God's been challenging me to, like, get out of that, to stop avoiding pain so much. And that's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. The most surprising area this year that he did that in was when I started lifting weights. Because lifting weights is uncomfortable. It's painful. It's not the most enjoyable thing to do all the time, at least for me. Maybe for some of you it is. And it's quite the opposite of what someone who values comfort so much wants to do all the time. Because, in fact, when I started lifting weights months ago, I did my three sets, like I said. And just, to, again, just to be open and honest with you guys, it's kind of embarrassing to say, but a lot of times I would chicken out on the third set. And I would be good enough for the first two. You know, I'd get through, I'd, I'd be doing my first set, I'd be, you know, doing these, and I'd be like, all right, this isn't too bad, I'm like, okay, this is hard, but it's, it's still not so bad, and I was like, okay, first set done, that was easy, I can do that, second set, all right, let's do it again, okay, second set, all right, well, I'm, I'm starting to feel it a little bit, okay, that's, that's a lot harder now, and the second set, I was like, okay, well, I did the second set, that was good, and then I'd hit to the third set, and I would start to really start feeling it. And I would tell myself, okay, third set, you know, I did two sets. Two sets, that's good enough. I'm going to put it down. I'm going to wipe my hands off, take a shower, and call it good. I did two sets. And I could say, you know what? I worked out today. I lifted weights today, which is true, but I chickened out on the third set a lot. And one day, God spoke to me when I was about to do that again. I did the first two sets easy. The third set was hard. I was getting ready to stop. And I believe that God cares for even the little things like my weightlifting hobby. That's because God doesn't just love you. I've heard it said, God doesn't just love you, but he likes you too. And that is a really important truth. He spoke to me something that applied not only to my weightlifting hobby, but to my life as a whole. And I was getting ready to chicken out, and he said, growth only happens on the third set. Growth only happens on the third set. Muscle growth only happens when there's pain. Muscle growth only happens when there's pain. I did some research, and um, some of you guys, if you're into weightlifting or working out or fitness, you probably know, but when you lift weights, when you work out a muscle, when you go on a run, whatever you're doing, you're creating these small microscopic tears into your muscles. And 
those tears are, are what builds the muscle back because your body repairs it and makes it stronger. I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, not saying it all the way correct, but I'm kind of getting the idea. And so these tears are obviously causing some sort of soreness, discomfort, and even a type of pain in your muscle. But what I learned there on a deep level was that this pain isn't just something that happens. It's not just a bonus but that the pain is the sign for progress and growth in building muscle. That if you're avoiding pain in a workout, to a certain degree, you're avoiding the progress. You're avoiding getting stronger. You're avoiding um, getting better at that workout. Because the truth is, when you work out, there are two kinds of pain to be aware of. There's the good pain and there's the bad pain. And here's the lesson I learned is that the pain isn't always bad. Now, I just want to take a moment to just talk about pain for a moment, because when we talk about pain, um, especially in a church setting, that can bring up a lot of different topics. That can bring up a lot of different thoughts, experiences even. And when you say something like pain isn't always bad, you know, we need to talk about what that means. And it's a tricky subject because we live in the tension between, you know, we've got heaven on this side, where this is like the full glory and presence of God. And then we've got where we're at right now, which is earth. And we're in the almost heaven stage of the equation, where, you know, we, we say a lot around here, but let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we're, our, our goal is to bring, make earth look like heaven, but it's not heaven yet. It's not heaven yet. It's in the almost heaven I was talking to Aaron, he's our associate pastor here, he was just on stage just now, and we were talking about this earlier this week, because many of you guys know that earlier this year, uh, my grandpa passed, and when he passed, that obviously created, uh, that I had some pain with that, there was some grief with that, um, with him passing, and we were talking about that, we were kind of catching up, because you know, several months had passed, and we were, we were just catching up and talking about you know, how we've been doing and all that. And I was telling him that it's like I was almost really tempted to look at my grandpa passing and the pain that caused me and to call that good or to say that was God's plan A or to say that was God's plan that that happened. That, you know, and, and I was explaining to him like there's almost like some comfort for me to be able to say that even though I know that's not accurate. And I think there's value in saying God is good all the time, even when my situation isn't. There's a value in being able to have that tension where God is always good, where God didn't want this to happen to me, or God didn't plan this. God didn't put this sickness on my grandpa, but God is still good. And God doesn't want the bad. He didn't plan for the bad. Um, even though like, bad things exist that we need to walk through, we need to push through, there's an opportunity to see how good God is. It's because we're living in a fallen world. We aren't in heaven yet. We're still in the almost. You know, if everything that happened on earth was good, then what is heaven supposed to be, you know? There is the, there's that tension between the almost, the not yet, and what heaven is. It's the bad pain reveals how good God is. Revelations 21 verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. 
all these things will be gone forever. So there is definitely a bad pain that we experience here on earth. There is grief that happens. There's sorrow. There are tragedies even. And that is a pain that is, we, we don't want to happen and that God doesn't want to happen either. But there is another kind of pain that we're gonna be talking about tonight. It's kind of a lot like running, how if you're going on a run, there are two types of pain that you can experience. Um, there's the one type of pain, which is the bad pain I experienced on Wednesday night uh, at our youth ministry. I was playing basketball really hard with some teenagers and it was, I was having a great time. And I think at some point I overextended something in my leg or something happened. I didn't experience that in the moment, but I woke up the next day and I literally couldn't move my leg out of the bed. Like I was, it was so stiff. It was in a lot of pain. And uh, at one point um, was walking upstairs and um, my wife who is 35 weeks pregnant was beating me up the stairs and I was like just hobbling along. I was like, I'll be there soon, honey. Like just, I'll be there soon. And um, even like yesterday, I was still feeling it pretty hard like days later. And that was a bad kind of pain. But if you're working out and you're, you know, you're working those muscles and you're, you're building that muscle, you're experiencing that, that pain of like, you know, getting through that third set. You're, you're moving that muscle. It's sore. It's, discom- it's uncomfortable. And the next few days, you're going to be sore and it's going to be a certain type of pain. But it is the good pain. It's the kind of pain that we should embrace and push into. And to not just get through it, but to embrace it. And that's the type of pain that as Christians, we should experience to a certain degree. That there is pain from growing out of our old self into our redeemed self. Ephesians chapter 4 says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, basically you got saved. You learned about Jesus. You're doing that. Throw off your old sinful nature and the former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes and put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. One day, we're going to be with Jesus face to face. We're going to be there one day. At one point, we're going to be there in the fullness of his glory. We'll be in our redeemed natures, just truly alive for him. And there won't be any pain or tears or sorrow like he was saying, but we're not there yet. It's not there yet. We're, we're in the almost still. We're over here still. Yet the Bible, that Jesus is calling us to put on the new nature today and to not wait for heaven, to start looking more and more like Jesus every day. And there is still the growing pains of maturity that needs to happen today on earth. Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn God's, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, I believe that every verse in the Bible was put there for a reason. Like, I I believe that, you know, the Holy Spirit, like, has put these verses in there for us to know. I think he knew that there was going to be a challenge of a tension between the almost and the not yet. He knew we needed to know that we we need to be living in the redeemed, but we are still in this world. We're surrounded by the behavior and the customs of this world, of certain ways to think, to live. 
And he knew there was going to be a tension between the behaviors and the customs of this world versus the behavior and the customs of the kingdom world. There are growing pains from moving from the behavior and customs of this world into the kingdom world. And we're not supposed to just wait for heaven for that to all happen. We're supposed to start that process here on earth. Who here remembers their first job? First job, okay. As a homeschooled Christian, I was contractually obligated to start my job at Chick-fil-A. So, you know, the Lord's chicken. And uh, it was awesome. I started at 17 years old. And at the time, they had a policy. I'm sure they still have it. But during the school year, if you're under 18, you can't work 40-hour weeks. And so they had me at 39-hour weeks until I turned 18. No joke. And it, it was awesome. I honestly, I loved it. Like, I, I, was, I graduated early, so uh, I, just, I was just working all the time at Chick-fil-A. And it was a great job. Every time you worked, you got a completely free meal with unlimited refills. Someone would say amen to that. Awesome. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. I loved Chick-fil-A. I still love I got Chick-fil-A last night after church. Like, it was awesome. And, uh, but with it being my first job, and, you know, you guys are starting to get to know me a little bit better now, how I was avoiding, you know, discomfort or pain during that time, um, I had to grow up a little. Like, I was late a lot. I goofed off with the coworkers a little too much. I, I wasn't giving it my best. And it wasn't until one of my managers who sat me down, and he was awesome. He, like, genuinely cared for me, wanted to see me succeed. But he told me like it is. And he said, Sean, you're going to have to grow up a little. You're going to have to, you know, adjust some things if you want to succeed. I had to push through the pain of my old ways to take on something that was better for me, but it wasn't easy for me. It wasn't the easiest thing to do. It was something I had to push through. Because like I said, I've been pain avoidant, even avoiding the good pain. I hardly ever worked out in my life. And so just recently starting to do that and to embrace that good kind of pain has been good. And maturity feels like pain, but it's the good pain. Maturity feels like pain, it's the good pain. That third set, it's the third set kind of pain. It's the tearing away at the old self. It's good for your spirit, it's bad for your flesh. Galatians 5 says, but I say walk habitually in the Holy Spirit. Seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desires of the sinful nature, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. You can see the tension between the spirit and the flesh so clearly here. For the sinful nature has desires which is opposed to the spirit, and the desire of the spirit which is opposed to the sinful nature. For these two, the sinful nature and the spirit, are in direct opposition with each other, continually in conflict, so that you as believers do not always do the good things that you want to do. He's painting a clear picture that we live in a tension between our spirit and the flesh. We live in a tension, and we ultimately decide which side we want to lean into. And if we want to lean into the spirit, that's going to come at the cost of the pain of the flesh. Because it is hard to lay off, put off the old self. It is hard to do that. You'll never get anywhere as a Christian by staying comfortable. Because by staying comfortable all the time, comfort in the flesh and not pushing ourselves, not pushing our walk with God, then we're, we're, we're giving up the better that God has for us. God is always calling us to mature 
but maturity feels like the good pain. So I want to look at a story of uh, a man in the Bible who goes by the name of Gideon, and um, we're going to look at how he pushed through that third set to mature. And to do that, I want to take you to my home office. So let's cue the video. All right, so we're talking about growing pains and maturity and all that really good stuff, but I wanted to take a look at a character in the Bible by the name of Gideon. Now, Gideon, um, just to give you a backstory on him, he was the lowest of the lowest you can possibly get um, in the kingdom of Israel. And this was during the time of the judges where Israel was in regular corruption with uh, the neighboring countries. And God wanted to use somebody that was out of the ordinary, somebody that would that subverted our expectations of how he was going to save Israel. And so we're going to be looking at the book of Judges. And if you just want to turn to Judges chapter 6 in verse 14, and if not, I'll have it up on the screen for you. All right, Judges 6, 14, and this is God talking to Gideon. It says, then the Lord turned to him and said, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And Gideon said to him, Oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest, and I am the least in my father's house. You see, this goes back to what we were saying of how uh, Gideon was the lowest of the lowest, and he was using that as like a leverage to God in his argument saying, I can't do this. I'm the lowest of the lowest. This can't work out this way. But here's what God says, and it says, The Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as if they were one man. Here's what's really important to realize, and that was God was showing Gideon a spiritual reality. He was showing him a spiritual reality. It said in verse 14, it said, uh, go in this might of yours and you shall save Israel. And as we can see, and also as Gideon pointed out, Gideon did not have that much might, right? He didn't have that much uh, power behind him. He didn't have the reputation of his name. But here's the thing. Gideon would learn throughout his adventure the tension of living in the behavior and customs of the world he lived in versus the behavior and customs of the spiritual reality of the kingdom of God. He was learning the tension between those two kingdoms, the kingdom of what he's seeing versus the spiritual reality of the, honestly, the reality that he is living in. And the truth is, if there wasn't a tension between these two kingdoms, then what is separating the kingdoms apart? The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And we look through the adventure that Gideon went on where he uh, slowly, piece by piece, where God pushed his trust. We see at the beginning that Gideon definitely had some maturing to do. When God called Gideon and said, I will, I will be with you, go and defeat the Midianites, Gideon, honestly, he pushed back a lot. He doubted God a lot. He asked for multiple signs and he questioned and he doubted and he pushed against God's words. And Gideon had some maturing to do. He had that third set that he had to push through, that he had that choice where he could have been like me early on, where he could have chickened out at that third set and then he would have missed out on some important character growth. But we do know that Gideon did push through the third set because when Gideon obeyed God later, when God was dwindling down the army and he was you know, sending people down to the lake to drink like dogs, right? And he was dwindling down the army. We, we don't we don't know much, but we can assume that Gideon obeyed and he obeyed immediately and he didn't talk back because the Bible doesn't give us those kind of details. But it, it is pretty clear that Gideon just did it. And at some point he was just down to a few hundred people 
and Gideon boldly marched on and boldly went forward and defeated the Midianite. You see, Gideon had to push through that third set. He had to push through that maturity to grow as a Christian, to grow in his walk, that it's okay to start with where you're at. You know, Gideon, he was a lowly person. He wasn't that mature. He doubted, he questioned, he did all these things, but eventually he got to where he needed to go. He pushed through that pain. He pushed through that humility. He got to where he needed to go. He pushed through that third set. And there is so much that we can learn from that for us to push through our own third sets as well. All right, so Gideon, he had stuff that he had to push through. He had that third set he had to push through if he wanted to go where God wanted him, where God wanted him to go. And so we have third sets that we need to be pushing through as well. Um, an example in my life is, you know, I've been married for a few years now, and it's been incredible, but one of the biggest things I've had to push through is my pride and, my, like, and how my tendency to be selfish at times in my marriage or my family. And to push through the pride, to push through that third set to take on humility that was a level of pain and discomfort in my flesh of that old self stepping into that new self. And so the third set is that good kind of pain, but the question is how should we respond to this kind of pain, to the good pain, to the third set? Um, like I said, I used to avoid it when I felt it, but how, what is the correct response? Philippians 3 says this, Now that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like, or I've already been made perfect, but I actively press on so that I might take hold of the perfection of which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do, watch this, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on to the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus." All of us who are mature, pursuing spiritual perfection, should have this attitude. And if any respect you have a different attitude, that too God will make it clear for you. Only let us stay true to what we've already attained. Paul's, again, he's making this so clear. He's painting this beautiful picture of what we should do is to embrace that pain, to embrace it. That means you're growing. Embrace that third set. That's when the maturity is actually beginning. Something I learned in my weightlifting was that my first two sets were really just to get me to that third set. That third set is when that workout actually started, when I started feeling that pain. And that is what it's like in our walk with God as well. And so we're beginning to wrap up here, but I want to leave you with this, and that is what is your third set? What is the thing that you need to, what is your growing pain that you don't just need to push through or to get over or to avoid, but even embrace and lean into and say, this is what it feels like to grow and mature. Take it as a badge of honor even, because that pain is the spirit man inside you getting stronger. Take it as a badge of honor, because that's the pain that you're feeling. That means you're doing it right. That means you're progressing. That means you're laying off your old self in that moment and taking on that new self. So I wanna give you just three quick things of how we can embrace that third set to, and to lean into that. And the first thing is this, is to rewire your thoughts. To rewire your thoughts. Don't run or avoid from the pain of maturity. Rewire your brain if you have to and tell yourself, the pain I'm feeling, the discomfort of laying off my old self is what it feels like to mature. You know, we, we don't often have like a feeling that we can put maturity with. 
You know, we don't, like, if you think about maturity and you think about what does maturity feel like, uh, I don't know, like, a lot of us, at least for me, it was like, I don't even really know what does maturing feel like. And ultimately, what God was showing me was that maturing feels like pain. Maturing feels like letting off your old self. Just like, what does getting stronger feel like? Like, if you're doing workouts, what does getting stronger feel like? It feels like a lot of discomfort. It feels like soreness. It feels like I'm going to have to really push through this. I'm going to have to, like, really, like, tell myself to start lifting these weights even more. That's what getting stronger uh, looks like. That's what uh, maturing looks like on your spirit, man, if you just use that illustration. Understand, understand that the transformation of your spirit is something that God's, God, that's God's responsibility our responsibility is to obey. It's to lean into the spirit. It's to really just get through um, and to embrace that third set. So the first thing is to rewire your thoughts. Second thing, surround yourself with maturity. Surround yourself with maturity. Um, uh, I'm going on a trip with my parents and the poors in November, and we're, we're going to Colorado. We're going to the mountains. I am so excited for that. I haven't been there in a little while, I, mean, I go almost every year, but it's, it's always way too long between trips to Colorado, so you can never get enough of that. But um, we created this group chat together for all of us, and it is so that we can all get uh, in fit and get in shape so that we can climb mountains together and you go on hikes and walks and all that stuff. And the thing is, like, we all have the same percent to give, and that's 100%, right? It looks different for everybody, but we can all keep each other accountable and I believe that God will use others to activate certain parts of you that you won't get on your own, that we're not meant to just be by ourselves. Um, so we have that group chat for our physical health to get fit. And we, we post, you know, our workouts. We talk about our struggles. We talk about what, the things that we've been doing right, the things we could be doing better on. And it's weird to see this parallel because I'm in this other group chat, too, of a Bible study of young men kind of in the same stage of life as me. And it's kind of the same vibe. It's the same thing, but we're talking about our spiritual health. And we're talking about our struggles. We're talking about what we're doing right. We're sending scripture. We're, we're praying over each other. And to see this parallel that it's like, it, it, it's both needed. It's both needed. That in this group chat with the fitness, we're, we're, we're helping lift each other up. But I've got my spiritual fitness over here as well, where I've got this group of young men that are like challenging me. They're pushing me forward. They're encouraging me. They're helping me when I'm down. To have that accountability in both of these areas, in my physical and spiritual health, I've seen awesome growth in those things. So you need to surround yourself with maturity because we're not meant to do this on our own. And the last thing is to embrace the pain, embrace that third set, is to see your future with God's eyes, with faith's eyes. To get a vision for where God is wanting you to go. Just like you would make a workout plan for your health. You want to get to a certain weight. You want to get to, you know, certain muscle growth, whatever. Get a vision. Get a future with God's eyes. Use faith eyes to do this. Because the truth is there may be a reason for this maturity. God may be having you mature in this area for something that you can't see down the line that you need to be mature in. He could be preparing you for something that you need to be able to step into a situation and be mature in, to be better in. And so to rewire your thoughts, surround yourself with maturity, and see the future with God's eyes, especially when you see the future with faith eyes, it makes the pain easier to get through because there's a reason, there's a purpose for it, just like working out. And so as we close, I want to invite the worship team to come on up, and I just want to leave you guys with just a little bit of encouragement and a challenge. And the challenge is do whatever it takes to become more like Jesus, even if it's uncomfortable. 
Whatever that means for you, do whatever it takes for you to become more like Jesus, even if it's painful, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it costs something. Because I guarantee you, it's going to cost something. It's not, it's not an even if. It's, it will cost something. There will be something you have to give up. Because the truth is, there's more to this life than our comfort. And I'm speaking to me right now. <laughs> this is something I'm still learning this year. There's more to my life than avoiding pain. There's more to my life than just being a waited out Christian, where I could choose to grow or I could just wait it out. I could live how I want to live, and I believe Jesus is Lord and all that, so I'll get to heaven. I'll wait it out. I'll go to church. You know, I'll go, I won't talk to my coworkers. I'll just go straight home, all that. I will just wait it out to heaven. But there's more to life than being a waited out Christian because we have a calling, we have a mission, and there are people on the other side of your obedience. That's something I heard a long time ago, that there are people on the other side of your yes. I believe this, that your families are needing you to push through the third set of maturity. Your workplaces, your coworkers need you to push through that third set. They need you to embrace that. Your schools, your friends, coworkers, all of them, they need you to push through that. And the reason is because you are carrying Jesus. You are carrying Jesus everywhere we go. And the more we can look like him, the better they can receive him. You know, I heard a quote, this amazing quote that's been sticking with me. And it's this, I, I shared this with the youth a couple weeks ago, but the love of the local church is the paint that makes the invisible Jesus visible in our communities. The love of the Christians. You know, the Bible says that they will know you are Christians, not by your disagreements, not by your arguments, not by anything else other than the love of Jesus. And so we need to push through that maturity so that we can better represent Jesus to our communities, to our families, our friends, everywhere we go. So would you all stand up with me as we close? We're gonna do something we do every week and that is just inviting the Holy Spirit in this moment right now. So right now, just put yourself in a posture to receive the Holy Spirit in this moment and just ask him, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? What are you doing today? How can I be a part of it? Holy Spirit, what is a pain? What is a third set I need to push through so that it can better represent you? Jesus, right now, I just, I repent for not representing you well in my communities. And personally, just, I repent for just avoiding the maturity pain. I repent from avoiding the growing pains. The good news is that it's the grace of God that allows us to just start right where we're at, just like Gideon. Let's lay off what lies behind and let's press on ahead to the upward call of Christ Jesus. It's always a new day with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, we just thank you for that. We just thank you so much for what you're doing today. In Jesus' name, let's, let's worship.